Today on Wisconsin Veterans Forward, we continue our dialogue with Ben Pekacek from Identify Security. We're talking about bridging the gap between veteran talent in the areas of cybersecurity um, and just general tech and, and those hiring entities that want to acquire that veteran talent. This guy really knows his stuff. So we're going to dive right in. You are listening to Wisconsin Veterans Forward, Wisconsin's premier audio resource for veterans, military families, veteran-owned, and veteran-friendly businesses. Wisconsin Veterans Forward is brought to you by the Wisconsin Veterans Chamber of Commerce at wiveteranschamber.org. The most important thing that every veteran needs to understand, especially those that want to work in cybersecurity, is develop and tell your story. And that doesn't mean, hey, one time when I was on active duty, I took the cinnamon challenge and I threw up. That's not something that a lot of employers are going to be interested in. But when you start it talking about... It would be impressive if you didn't throw up, if you were at, if you actually succeeded. But well, even or would, not, in yeah. my time on active duty, I did meet and experience and personally witness one person completing the cinnamon challenge successfully. Without... He was Without nothing. He was, I was in Afghanistan. We were just getting ready to go home and we were bored. So, uh, of course, what do Joes do when they're bored? Yeah, they come up with stupid human tricks. So this <laughs> Chief Warrant Officer 4, who was our, our ordinance expert, he's comes in and he's a big dipper. He would dip and smoke at the same time. It was crazy. Good and that's not, and that's probably says a lot as to why he was able to actually eat a, a, a tablespoon full of cinnamon. Um, he walked up and says, what are you guys talking about? We told him about the cinnamon challenge. He goes, I'll do it. Okay, because what's the pool up to? And at that time, I think our pool was up to like $200 for anyone that could, you know, complete it. Well, he shoves the spoonful of cinnamon in his mouth. He chews it up for about 10 minutes and swallows it. And I'm like, oh, my God. Wow. I have witnessed the wonder <laughs> yeah. of the world. You have yeah. witnessed I mean, something. Yeah. I mean, I digress. I mean, that, I, I don't, I don't want to go too far into the stupid human tricks we did in the military. But so, when so you let me, look at let me ask you this, just yeah. to pivot a little bit. So we've kind of established why, I mean, you and I being veterans and speaking to people who are at least tangentially related to the veteran or military family community, like we know why veterans are valuable acquisitions. Correct. And yet there are companies out there, corporation, uh, corporate entities who want to hire veteran talent, but, but still don't understand and don't know how to, that those are the things that make. So, so why do they want, why do they want veteran talent? Why so do they want to acquire veteran talent? If they don't understand the greatest things about being a veteran? Well, there's two reasons. There's, there's, there's two, two ways of looking at this one. Hollywood makes a lot of bad movies about us. I mean, there's, there's maybe a handful of good, good movies like, I don't mean documentaries. I mean, actual movies that were made about the global war on terror. Mm. And so unfortunately, a lot of employers, they like the fact that we're worth a $9,000 tax credit. They like the fact that if you're retired, you don't need to take their health insurance benefits. You're going to be on TRICARE for life. Right. And they like the fact that stereotypes tell us that military veterans are just solid workers. And that's pretty much where it stops. The other way to look at it is, um, a lot of employers genuinely, from a feeling standpoint, they feel they want to help the veteran community and they want to give a veteran a good job. They don't know how to do it, but they don't know that they don't know how to do it. And that's right. what we experience a lot. And 
Well, and when, they don't know how diverse our skill sets and our education are. Correct. And so a lot of them want to do the right thing and hire veterans, but then only have entry-level labor wage positions in mind for, for those veterans. Some, well, that's the thing that, yeah. that that's a fundamental flaw with the career transition programs that the military and the VA do. Like, for example, yeah. I have five college degrees and I did the vocational uh, rehabilitation you know, thing at the rehab. VA, yeah, voc rehab, yeah. and they they looked at my resume, looked at my backgrounds, and this is going back like a year ago, uh, if not longer. Uh, so it may have changed, but they looked at all my, my background, my skills. I've been in sales basically for 20 years. You know, yeah, I had, you know, a lot of time in the military, but I was still selling something at some sure. point in time, mm -hmm. uh, from the time I was like 15 on. And, um, what, uh, what we, what we see here, um, is, is really, it's difficult to explain. It, it can be difficult to explain. Um, so if we, let me, let me just ask you this, cause it just yeah. popped into my head. So, so the employers, they, they want to acquire veterans, correct? but for not the right reasons, is that part of one of the steps to close the gap? Is this, is this merely like going to our main issue of, of the gap between veteran talent and employers seeking veteran talent and what's preventing them from connecting at a high level yeah. um, and at, at, at high volume and high frequency. Uh, is it an education thing on both ends? Are there any other hurdles in between them that you're seeing being somebody who staffs yeah. for, for this to bridge that gap? Yeah. So <clears throat> the, the vocational rehabilitation program, basically gave me landscape and janitorial services jobs at the VA and federal governments. Now I've got a master's in business administration. I've got a business management degree. I've got a computer science degree I, and I've been in, you know, cybersecurity or e-commerce for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, so it's clearly something directed toward that role. Well, vocation re vocab, vocab rehab was like, well, you could clean toilets at the VA for $27 an hour. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I applaud anyone who's happy doing that. No, yeah, not but at all. If I went down a particular career path and I had a particular drive or something in mind, why would you try to pigeonhole me or shoehorn me into something I don't want to do? It's the same thing with employers. Hey, I want a veteran. Okay, what kind of veteran do you want? I mean, what kind of company? You're a manufacturing company? Do you want a combat arms veteran? Do you want a technical veteran? Do you want an HR veteran? I mean, the Army alone has like 199 jobs that you can do. Yeah. Um, well, and that's my first question when somebody yeah. comes to me or us and says, we want to acquire veterans. Can you help? My first question is, why do you want to hire veterans? Yep. Because that tells yep. me a lot about what sort of education I need to give them to get them to that, to the middle of the bridge between them and the veteran talent. Yeah, exactly. And uh, most of the time, I'd say 90% of the time, it's, it's simply a lack of education on the employer's right. part. Uh, a lot of employers don't know why hiring a veteran is a good idea. I mean, not just mm -hmm. for the fact that veterans are good workers, but I mean, the tax credits that go along with it, the uh, career transition assistance that's available, you know, mm -hmm. the money that mm -hmm. the state of Wisconsin gives back. So it, it's, it's massive rewards for the employer from a monetary standpoint, but from a culture standpoint, think about the culture of the military. We're used to being pulled from all over the country, thrown into a group of people you've never met before and a place you've never been before. People scream at you all the time. And you have to work together. Well, then you go on to your real unit. And that's a bunch of people you never met before in a place you've never been before. And you have to work together. Then you deploy and you interface with a bunch of other people. They might not even speak the same primary language as you. Right. And you have to work together. So what better addition to your culture can you have than someone that is so adaptable they can work with anyone? 
They don't care who you are, what you do, what you think. Like, what, can you do your job? Well, yeah, I can do my job. Well, then we're fine. We don't need to talk about anything else. Let's just do this. But also execute at a high level. At a high level, very high yeah. level. Very, very high level. So the vast majority of what we go up against in the civilian world, and I've experienced this myself, um, a, a couple of, of, I guess you could say, discrimination and um, events that I've experienced in my career going for jobs. Um, I actually had one prospective, uh, prospective employer tell me, well, we thank you for your service, but the amount of time you spent in the military may have done you a detriment in your career. And I actually stepped back and I said, I never thought in any way, shape, or form, and still don't think in any way, shape, or form, that my military service was in any way, shape, or form a detriment. Yeah, good enough. And the, 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 the audacity some people have and the confidence they have in saying things to, to and about us, I, I just always think, like, replace the word veteran with any other demographic in what you just said and you know you'd have an hr issue on your hands you would you would yeah. i mean I, I i've seen that and then i also had uh another time um this was earlier on in my career this is this is going back a while ago i had transitioned from active duty to army national guard and so i had to get a full-time job and stuff and there are some of the jobs i looked at one of them was a a, a production and shipping manager mm-hmm. and i'm like okay i did a lot of the logistics crap in the army sure there's yeah. no difference i know how to lead people fine well i applied for the job i got the interview and i was talking about my you know management style and this and that and they said well we find it very interesting that you talk in detail about your management experience but we're not seeing management experience in on your resume i said there's an extensive amount of experience listed on my resume i was in the United States Army, I was an E6. I was a staff sergeant. It's a mid-level manager. This is what I did. And I broke it down for him and explained it to him. And I did it in civilian terms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I said, don't think of military. Think company. My company right. was United States Army Incorporated. So consider that for a second. Um, and they, the theory that, oh, well, you just are used to giving orders all the time. And people here don't take orders. You have to ask them. Yeah, I gave orders. I got them, too. So I'm right. still a person, you know, so it's really an education thing. And, but it really, honestly, where it starts is not with the employer to learn. It is up to us as veterans to tell our story the right way and then mm-hmm. help that employer educate because, you know, there, there's environments where, you know, one veteran gets hired in a particular position and they sway HR to look for more veterans. And a lot of times makes us feel a little cheap they say wow we got like 10 grand back from the government for hiring this guy let's get 10 more of those (laughs) yeah yeah you know and and they they just don't care i mean and it's great i love seeing veterans in manufacturing i love when manufacturing Mm -hmm. is is pumping out a bunch of stuff and um that's great but um a lot of times veterans sell themselves short on what they can do oh yeah they they either short sell themselves or they grossly overestimate, you know. Uh, there are a lot who grossly yeah, overestimate. Yeah, especially like former, you field grade officer and above. They, oh, they yeah, transition well. and they're like, you know, I'm looking to be the CEO of a, this company or whatever. And well, I will say that lieutenants and other small children often have grandiose dreams. And if there's any <laughs> lieutenants listening right now, I don't apologize. Oh, geez. Well, okay. So with all of this in mind. With all yeah. of this in mind, let's say I am a vet or a soon to transition veteran and I want a career uh, in tech, in cybersecurity. Mm-hmm. I want a career. So so what is it that you tell me or you ask me? Are you uh, is there are you making sure that I'm 
entering some sort of a plan or accelerator or educational program, yeah. or getting some sort of a certification? And then how do I get linked up with an employer? What's your advice for me to land that, that big gig? So there's two things I would tell you. One, there's, there's one set of re- recommendations I would give you if you were not from this industry, didn't do anything cyber related in the army, and you just want to cross into this world. Well, then there's going to be an education piece. And I will say that certain certifications hold just as much, if not more weight than degrees. I have a lot of jobs that I have to fill right now. They'll say a bachelor's degree is preferred, but a CompTIA Security Plus certificate is required. Well, Mm. great, we have the GI Bill, but what's the price of a certification versus the price of a degree? Mm. Hell, you just saved me four four years of my time and tens of thousands of dollars because I got my certification. So that's one way if you didn't do cyber in the military. If you did do cyber or IT or anything closely related in the military, then here's the challenge you have. Take all your military bio bullet points and ask yourself, if I were a civilian that knows nothing about the military, would I understand what I did? Mm-hmm. And really ask her the question, because if you don't, you need to rewrite it. You have to tell your story and you have to use civilian terminology. Like if you think about it in private business in cybersecurity in sales, in recruiting, um, military models that are used are identical to the civilian world. They just change the nouns and adjectives, but it's the same process, exact mm-hmm. same thing. So that being said, you've got to change your nouns and adjectives. You've got to be able to tell your story the right way. So that's step one. Step two is continuing education. Like I said, when we first opened, the threat landscape is continually changing. And if you want to be in cybersecurity or IT in general, you need to be abreast of the cyber threats that are out there and you need to you know, encourage that. If you want to focus exclusively on cybersecurity, whether you want to write programs or whether you just want to secure networks, I highly, highly, highly recommend either the CISSP certification or the Certified Ethical Hacker certification. Mm-hmm. Those two hold a ton of weight ton of weight. Um, I know people that are making well into the six figures right now that hold the CISSP, CEH, and a CompTIA Security Plus, and maybe a couple other proprietary certificates like AWS for Amazon and stuff like that. They're making well into the six figures and they don't have a college degree. Yeah, good stuff. All right. Third and final part of this dialogue with our friend Ben Pekacek from Identify Security. Uh, It's waiting for you right now in the very next episode of Wisconsin Veterans Forward. We'll see you over there. Thank you for listening to Wisconsin Veterans Forward, brought to you by the Wisconsin Veterans Chamber of Commerce. Please visit us at wiveteranschamber.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and leave a rating and review in whatever platform you're listening through.